Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by HF Plaster, and with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, South Stand Chum, the bearded legende, it's the one and only, the daddy-o, it's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello everybody, welcome back, this is episode number 272, just want to take a moment just to thank everybody who tuned into last week's show, it was a bit of a hard one for... For people to listen to, I think, because uh, most of it we spent ranting. Um, this week, uh, you might not be pleased to know we've got more ranting uh, to <laughs> to do after we played two games, two league games, and we lost both of them, as you will well know by now. But we've got plenty of fan views. I think that's fair to say that they're very varied, uh, although there is a commonality amongst a lot of them. Um, I think a lot of them are emotionally reactive as well. Uh, but they were sent to us directly, so we will include a broad selection of them. So I think it's going to be a bit of a bumper one. So uh, fasten your seatbelts, brace yourselves, grab onto whatever <laughs> fixed fittings you have nearby, and let's crack on with this week's show. And as always, we start with a word from our podcast sponsor. Yeah, so as you all probably know, we are proudly sponsored by HF Plastering, who are an Essex-based plastering and rendering company that cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work, specialising in silicone colour render systems and the best part is that they offer all Leighton Orient fans and staff a whooping 15% off. So for more information and for the best plastering and rendering prices around you can visit their website at www.agfplastering.co.uk or if you'd like to contact Adam and the boys you can do so via email at agfplastering.outlook.com or if you'd like to visit or follow them on social media you can do so by visiting AGF Plastering on Facebook and on Instagram or by following this head honcho on Twitter at Big Ads with a Z L O F C. They will know that by now, I would imagine. I would I'm hope so. Dedicated listeners. So, uh, supporters club update just to let you know that uh, you can book on for Bradford City, uh, a match that we're playing this coming Tuesday, the 1st of February. It's going to be leaving the supporters club at 1 o'clock because that's a 7.45 kickoff. Um, that costs 39 quid for adults, £36 for concessions. And remember, that does not include your match day ticket. So if you want to get on uh, that trip, uh, obviously you can't go to the supporters club now because uh, there's no more match days between now and then. So you need to call the travel line on 07507 539 Nice one. We've got one piece of AOB this week. And O's fan David Rickard, who you may know from Twitter, who's at David Rickard 80 and his dad have both been lifelong supporters of the O's. So his dad has been going since the 50s, and David has been going since the 80s, and his partner also goes to the O's and is a season ticket holder in the South Stand. He messaged us to say that last March, we lost my 11-year-old niece, Nicole, to a rare form of leukaemia, which took her in just three months from being diagnosed, and it has devastated our family. But during this past year, we have received incredible support from friends, family, and the charity Young Lives vs Cancer, who are also known as Click Sergeant. And in October, David will be running the 2022 London Marathon for Young Lives vs Cancer, so they can continue to help other families as they helped ours during this incredibly tough time. So if you are able to make a donation of any size, no matter how big or small, it will go a long way to helping other families in their time of need. And David's aim is to raise a minimum of £2,500 and any help from your own family will go a long way to reach this target and hopefully well beyond. So donations can be made online at www.justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash run for, as in the number four, Nicole and David. 
Great work, mate. We hope yeah. you reach that two and a half thousand pound. Click Sergeant, I know uh, from work, uh, we used to do a partnership with them. A great charity, do some great work. Um, yeah, very sad story there, David. So I hope I hope you uh, can get the money uh, that you do and, and, and great work. Absolutely. And do keep us updated with that and how you're getting on. And good luck with your training for that. We will help you as much as we yeah. possibly can. Uh, and our condolences uh, to your family for the loss. So we're going to move on then uh, to the last week, so the week that was. Happy Monday, the 21st of January. The club kicked off the week by confirming two signings that most, if not all, Orient fans knew about already, and not just because we spoke okay. about them in our last <laughs> show in some detail. Um, it was already um, out there in the ether, so people knew about it, but we just happened to publicly speak about it. First up, at 2 o'clock, 20-year-old Jordan Brown was announced. He signed an 18-month deal joining us from Derby County. Jordan Brown 4, uh, sorry, Jord Brown 4, uh, is his Twitter handle. He tweeted to say, buzzing to announce I've signed for Leighton Orient. Massive club with rich history. Cannot wait to put, put the shirt on and help the team push for promotion. I feel privileged for the opportunity to play for the club. Thanks so much for the warm welcome. Let's go. I mean, as I say, we spoke about him in last week's yeah. show. Still still don't know much about him, obviously. Um, he's not played enough to really build up a picture. Uh, but in the club announcement, they said he'd been here with us on a trial earlier in the season. So to have Kenny, uh, to, so obviously you have to trust Kenny Jackett's judgment. Uh, welcome to Orient, Jordan. Um, uh, a, a curious question which I've seen being asked is why have we not signed him sooner yeah. if we, he was here on trial soon earlier? I don't know. There's obvious things that go on there, but yeah, good point. Uh, yeah, a bit like you. Like we spoke about him last week. I'd not heard of him before, like at all. Not really the inspiring. Signing, I guess, what O's fans were mm. hoping for. Mm. Agreed. Young, but I think we've said it many times on this podcast, just because we haven't heard of them doesn't mean they're not very good. It just means we don't know of them and happy to give them a chance. Uh, and a few Derby fans had quite a few nice things to say about him and a few included us within their tweets. Yeah, and I also think that people are quite quick to jump to conclusions based on what they've read on Wikipedia or not in certain case in his in his case because there isn't much on Wikipedia mm. we, we a lot of people said the same about Smith and Drynan when they joined oh it was terrible what we signed yet yeah, lo and behold the first quarter of the season proved proved yeah. a lot of people wrong all right where we're at now is where we're at but until they're playing in the system mm. shouldn't really be too judgy particularly as we're not exactly experts on every player exactly yeah exactly good point so we had as I say lots of tweets but more the ones from the Derby fans probably more insightful than the ones from the Orient <laughs> <course>. fans so <laughs> T0MDCFC1 said he looks fantastic for the for the 23s not too bad against Salford so Derby beat Salford on penalties in the League Cup in the first round in which Jordan Brown played and scored a penalty which was a good penalty actually which was in his highlights reel time will tell but I think you've got a fantastic player with potential that's what he's been signed for yeah. West Sussex Rams said he's a good player you've got a gem yeah and M underscore B B said you've got a good young lad there up the Rams and the O's yeah, that's good. It's, that's good to know. It's really good yeah. to know. Um, but and again, another comment that um, that I saw is like, do you not make these signings in the summer rather than to bolster your squad in the January transfer window? Do you not go for that experienced push yes. of players who aren't getting game time at clubs because there's better players out or whatever the reason is, and then you sign those experienced players. These these are the guys. You signed. That was a great summer. point. These are the ones for the summer. Very good point. Very good point. Yeah, hard to argue 
with that, but again, I guess it's all about trusting uh, Mr. Link. That's right. And Mr. Jacket. That wasn't the only signing, as we said earlier. 4 p.m. Signing number four of the transfer window. Second one of the day is Ethan Coleman. Joins us from Kings Lynn for an undisclosed fee, which we believe to be around 80k. He signed a two and a half year deal, so a longer deal than Jordan. A longer deal than what Otis Khan got as well. Because we've paid a fee, I would imagine. Yeah, I would imagine you are right. Mm. Ethan Coleman tweeted saying, absolutely delighted to be here. Can't wait to meet the fans and help the team out as much as I can. Great interesting fact that the club promoted that his grandfather was inside forward Ron Foster, who signed for the O's back in 1957. He played 72 times up until 1962 and scored 12 goals. So... Nice to have a, a young lad to come come to us with a bit of history. Random, really random, brilliant though. Amazing. I think Nigel Travis <coughs> went to his first Orient game in 1961, if I remember rightly from what he said. So maybe Nigel Travis actually saw his grandfather in action, which is almost full circle, which is... Great, great memory, that. Insane. Kenny yeah. Jacket had nice things to say. He said, Ethan joins from Kings Lynn, but came through the Reading Academy, which is a great academy. He's a holding midfielder with a great range of passing, coming in to compete for a place in our midfield. And at the age of 21, he's come through a good academy and played a lot of senior football, which is exciting for us. And we think he's got a good future. Your views, Mr Levy? Uh, again, we spoke about him in last week's show. Again, don't know enough about him to cast a full judgment, but I'll be supportive of him. You know, if he's a rough diamond and we can polish that diamond yeah. and potentially in a couple of years' time look to do what we did with Macabon, fantastic. You know, at the end of the day, you, you have to give these players a chance and see them playing in an orange shirt. All right, arguably so far, based on what we've seen, it's not it's not enough to it's not been great, but it's not enough to 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 form a proper uh, opinion of him. So he's an Orient player, he's our player, and I'll support him. Yeah, again. Same as you, hopefully we can come in and make an impact. Obviously central midfielders is an area where we need reinforcements. I think, like I said last week, my only worry is that these conference players who tend to be good end up going to championship clubs. If you look back at Bond and Coroma in that championship winning season, after they got us out of the league, and all right, Kings in the bottom end of the league, but Josh ends up going to Huddersfield in the championship. Bond ends up going to Charlton at that point in the championship. Yeah, I would have thought a club like Peterborough or a Charlton would look at him and go, right, yeah. 80 grand on a midfielder, highly rated. It's a bit of a snip for us to do that. Uh-huh. So the fact that we've... He's only one league below us, 80 grand. Seems like a lot of money for someone who hasn't played at that high level. Assuming that before. number's right. Assuming that number's right. Or any, any type of money for Orient, considering a kid younger than him who's trained with better players at a better academy has come to us i.e. Jordan Brown, for no money. Whereas we paid 80 for someone... He only signed a two-year contract last summer. Yeah, true. So he was still under contract. True. I hope the money is worth it. I'm hoping two and a half years we can sit here and go, that was a great signing. And as he gets a move somewhere, and we can say he's a pivotal part of the promotion. Or we paid no money for him, which can often be the case. When they say undisclosed, it doesn't necessarily mean... That we've paid a fee, so that information <coughs> may be wrong. We don't, we you know, we're not privy to the bank accounts of Leighton or or the, or the deal itself, but it could be some sort of sell-on fee. Yeah. Um, that we've paid, that we've agreed to twenty-five percent for argument's sake, rather than actually paying a lump up front. You, you know, or or based on appearances and and goals scored and, and things like that. So there could be a, a wide variable there. The good thing about him though is he's played football 
this whole season. So he comes yeah. in and he's match ready. Like yeah. it's not like he's not like, like a bit like Jordan Brown, who's yeah. not had much experience. Like Ethan Coleman is match ready. Yeah, because he's played so much football. So a few tweets about it. We'll only mention one or two. Molly Folly, mm. two thousand and nineteen, said four signings. Great, but were these the types of fans were expecting? Plays for the future, but what about this season? Where is the proven quality and experience from a high level? Are we writing off enough a season? Are these exciting or underwhelming signings? Question yeah, I think that's where I got that, that view from, actually. Yeah. That uh, it makes a good point. Fibsy73 just said very qu- quickly and simply, two great prospects. So time will tell on that one. Um, but uh, interestingly, earlier in the day, I can't remember where this footage came from, earlier in the day, footage of Joby McEnough was posted from an interview that he did over the weekend of last weekend on Sky Sports, as Joby said, he was considering coming out of retirement to play for the O's. I'm not sure how tongue in cheek that was. I don't. I. I. The only clip that I saw, and thank you to Smokos who posted oh, it for every Orient fan right. to see. It was only 25 second clips. So there was no context before it or after it. It was just Joby like laughing and saying like he was considering it, but I couldn't work out if it was tongue in cheek. It didn't look like it was tongue in cheek. To me, and I would say, as much as Joby McEnough is a legend at Leighton Orient with two spells and captaining the team out of the National League, I think if Joby McEnough ends up re-signing, because obviously he's a free agent, so he can sign at any point mm, he mm, wants to. Mm. He doesn't have to sign by tomorrow even. Mm-hmm. If he signs back a central midfielder in a short-term deal, you'd say, this transfer committee that I'm sure we're going to talk about at some point in this podcast, my bearded legend, if we end up signing Joby McEnough, you've got to say, what is going on? Because there's no way, as great as he was for the club, that we should be signing him again. Even though he's probably better than what we've currently got. <laughs> Which is more of a reflection on Leighton Orient's playing staff than the Joby McEnough. I would be... And he's not trained, he's not fit, he's I, not sharp. It'll take him two, <laughs> two months to get up. <laughs> Hopefully, we're talking garbage because it was tongue-in-cheek. But strange things have happened in football. And it wouldn't surprise me at some point in the next two weeks if, out of the blue... They go, he's back, sign a contract to the end of the season. Yeah. Who knows? We shall see. We shall see indeed. <laughs> but to who a Tuesday, the 25th of January, was the only thing that happened was the main event, which was Newport County. The teams were announced at 6.40, or the team was announced at 6.45. Vigaru, Khan, Mitchell, Beckles, Ogie, Wood, Brown, Kiprianu, Kemp, Smith and Drynan with substitutes of Sergeant Thompson, Happy, Moss, Young, Smythe and Soterio. Yeah, that meant there were three changes from the Port Vale lineup. Otis Khan came in for Dan Moss, who was dropped to the bench. New signing Jordan Brown came straight in for Dan Prattley, who wasn't even in the squad. And Dan Kemp came in to replace Paul Smith, who dropped to the bench. Given how Smythe was stretching his hamstrings at the end of the Port Vale game, I suspected that two games in quick succession yeah. would be too much for him. Um, be interesting to see how Brown does. Um, and what's happened to Prattley to not even be on the bench? Yeah, very weird. Strange there. on that. And I he get... didn't even make it on yesterday's. Well, he was at the youth game <clears throat> yesterday morning. I mean, I, I, I don't know what's happened there like at all. I'm sure we'll end up talking about Prattley a bit later. But mm. we're crying out for central um, midfield experience. You've got Darren Prattley. Yes, he's not been great this season. He's been probably as disappointing as anyone. However, surely... Yesterday, he would have been a better option than either Brown or Coleman to put a 20-year-old and a 21-year-old in that central midfield against an informed team. And Kenny Jackie in his post-match, I'm well skipping here, Kenny Jackett in his post-match yesterday talked about game management and game experience. experience. Saying Matt's had to win that game. <clears throat> I'm not saying Dan Pratty would have won the game for running because he wouldn't have. 
but he would have had the nous to know what was going on in the middle of the pitch, whereas Ethan Coleman and Jordan Brown wouldn't have, because they don't have the experience. Correct. So I'm not sure what's happened to Darren Pratt. He was mentioned in Kenny's post-match interview after Newport, but not really. Kenny, again, kind of swerved around the answer and started talking about midfield partnerships. But the fact he wasn't in the squad on Tuesday night, or yesterday, but seemed as fit as a fiddle watching the youth team, so his leg wasn't bandaged up, he didn't look like he was holding his arm, he didn't have his hand in the cast. Mm. Yeah. It suggests then... there's no injury. And to not even make... I get dropping him because he's not been great, but to not be in the squad, not to even travel up to Mansfield yesterday, I, I'm surprised more isn't being made of that. So I saw Tom James before the game uh, last week, and he was walking quite normally. You'd never know that he yeah. got that injury. Uh, one rumour that was posted in one of the... I say rumour, that someone had seen something written somewhere, um, was that Prattley might be at a point in his contract where he's about to activate a, an extension. Someone... I'd heard that as well. However, if someone has put in that into his contract, what are you doing? That is in his contract. What, 20 games, 25 games? I don't know. That That, that clause is, for me, is it plausible to have a clause in at 20-ish games that he plays your club captain, one of the first signings you make in the summer, to be on an auto-renew clause or an extension clause 20-ish games into the season. I'm not sure. That's why. That's the conversation I had in my WhatsApp group today with some other Orient fans. I'm not sure about that. There is definitely... I know for a fact there is a clause in there because I spoke to his agent and he told me that, yes, there is a clause <laughs> in the contract. Why? I don't understand why you put that clause in the contract. What what are they doing? So that means that Dan Prattley can't play for the. What are we in January? It means you're not going to play the most experienced midfielder. That is absolutely ridiculous. And if that clause is in the contract, shame on whoever signed that because that's. But it could be at 35 games. Might not be 20-ish games, but there is a clause in the contract. The team is calling out. For, like, why sign him then? Like if you if you can't play him for like three or four months of the season. Oh no! So on that point, yeah, I mean, it would yeah, be ridiculous bonkers. if it's twenty-ish games, and that's a ridiculous. That thing. is ridiculous. Okay, well, if, that's a big if. Well, you, it could well be correct. Obviously, we are privy to the info, but it it could well be in there. Yeah. So, um, my views, big calls within that. Some very big calls. Khan and Kemp starting would suggest a more attacking mentality. Mm. I think the previous game mm. uh, against Port Vale, it was Moss, um, where who didn't really not his job to run forward with Khan. Had a good impact, deserves a start. Kemp deserves a start in place of Smith. I was concerned about the lack of experience in strength in midfield. Newport know how to get results. Mm. Grafters experienced in there, so I was a bit concerned around them. Lots of tweets beforehand before the game kicked off. Rich Den M said five two one two question mark. Where's Prattley? Hector and Jordan in midfield will be interesting. Need to see more from Drynan and Harry Smith tonight. Yeah, Billy Carroll GB said, same old stuff, different game. That's what you get from a one-dimensional manager who has no plan B. And George Byzantine, who's a new Twitter handle to me, but has been giving us lots of tweets this week. Thank you to George. The midfield looks lightweight, but I think Newport will attack, so we might be able to pick them off. We have to win. I really don't want the season to start fizzling out now. Yeah, so the match got underway on a freezing cold night in E10. There really wasn't that much to talk about until about the 14th minute with our first effort on goal as Dan Kemp pass a Dan Kemp pass found Harry Smith who shot high and over the bar yeah we're going to skip now to the 21st minute and Newport had a cross figure who had to catch and now we're going to skip to the 31st minute you can tell this wasn't the most interesting or action packed of games he needed to be sharp in the 31st minute that's from a free kick Fisher got his head to it which had some pace on it was dipping into the net and Vigor had to be 
alert, tipped his header over the bar wall. That was actually a really good save. When you watch mm. back on the highlights, that ball's going quite fast and he has to be alert. Decent save, you'd expect to make it, but but a good save nonetheless. Yeah, you'd be interested to know, he had another shot of goal in the 36th minute as debutant Jordan Brown fired over. Yeah, 38th minute, Newport keeper dropped the ball near the line, which was one of the highlights. <laughs> and Vigoru made a safe catch in the 39th minute. Jordan Brown sent an effort wide on the stroke of half-time as one added minute was played with the teams going in goalless and the O's not registering an attempt on target in that half. Yeah, so attendance announced at 3,413 with 169 mm. fans from Newport making the journey. I mean, you could have literally, we could have stayed there from Saturday and just got another team out in different colour shirts and stuff yeah. and played the same game. It was, it was literally that, but it just felt a bit more... I think intent was a bit more there. We looked a bit more willing to go forward. However, we just, there were just no pockets of space to go into. It kept the ball just kept going round and round. Khan kept looking to go forward, but had nowhere to go. And he'd pass it back, and it would just go round the defence, back again, and they just couldn't get the ball like anywhere near the front, the front three at all. It was just yeah. a bit bland. Yeah, absolutely. And and it was it just was dull and boring and uninteresting to watch. And it would go forwards, and then he have to check back and go goes to Mitchell and then it goes to Beckles, it goes to Shad and then it comes to this one and he comes forward a bit, gets a nosebleed because at the halfway line goes back and then it goes back across and then it, and then it gets punted forward because now Newport are pressing a little bit uh, and they did that quite well and then we just go long ball to Smith who didn't win a header yeah. and no one was there to run on for it. So it's the same disastrous, boring football that we watched on Saturday the only positive from that is it's nil-nil. Yeah, I mean, apart from that one save Vigoury's made, Newport didn't really create much at all. But you felt that one goal would separate it. Lots of tweets at half-time. Lots of angry tweets, I would say. Paul read rum. Said every player is a yard slow apart from Khan. Yeah, absolutely. Matty Sarri said, I do not understand Kenny Jackett's obsession with 3-5-2. A formation we switched to, to due to the form of James at right-back and needing him further forward. Now we have the same formation, but square pegs in round holes. Two isolated strikers and nothing through midfield at all. Good point there. Mike Oakley underscore. So we can't make five-yard passes and there's no service for the strikers. Anyone got a plan B? <laughs> On a plus note, at least Khan's trying to be direct. Come on, Kenny. Try something different. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Walla Rad said, God, that was poor. No options going forward. No width. No second balls one. I think that that's also a really good point as well. Like We weren't winning the second balls. No. And that's the kind of fundamental, it shows that we're not pressing enough and it just shows we're not we're not that fast. Yeah, Orient it is, it's a pretty dire. Not sure where the first goal, sorry, any goal will come from if the second half is the same as the first. Yeah, um, Ian David, one, two, three, four, said a disappointing first half. A lack of creativity with new players in the squad. You'd expect more energy after 45 minutes. I can't see where we are going to score. Need 100% more creativity in the second half. So one change at half-time was Aaron Drynan was replaced by Paul Smith. I must say, I was I was surprised to see Drynan come off after 45 minutes. I didn't think Drynan was any worse than anyone else on the pitch. I understand the need to get Paul Smith on the pitch because he's been such a so good since he's come back. But I was surprised to see Drynan come off three minutes into the second half. Jordan Brown received a booking for a late foul on Baines. If I remember rightly, that was a very late foul on Baines there. Not worth a red, but certainly, certainly a booking. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Alex Mitchell made a superb, oh, a superb sliding tackle uh, to deny Baker Richardson's uh, shot in the 61st minute. 
that was absolutely fantastic. Done well there. And I, I saw him um, I saw him afterwards in the gallery and, and said that that was an absolutely outstanding last-ditch sort of blockage. Yeah, fair play. 68th minute, Dan Kemp was replaced by Rorel Sotiriu in our second change. I've got to say, Dan Kemp, very disappointing in that match. Didn't really get into it. Looked a bit lightweight up against bigger it's, players. Yeah. Straight passes. No like creativity from him. Maybe just going to get into the game maybe it's a, a, a lack of match sharpness but whatever it was didn't His do anything was heavy whoever mentioned it once, misplaced um, gave the ball away cheaply it was it was, it was was awful to watch I, I don't know what's gone on there just like a kid playing with no confidence at all um, yeah really really funny um, uh, yeah and he must have listened to our rant last week about yeah. playing real well uh, there were appeals for a handball from a Paul Smythe free kick. The ref wasn't interested in that, though. No, 74th minute. We're starting to get a bit more into the game. Connor Wood, he had a cross. It was met by Harry Smith, who guided the ball back across goal, but Newport cleared the danger. So, yeah, two minutes later, a superb Paul Smith run eventually saw him shoot, which was straight at Towson, and our first shot registered on target. Yeah, again, more due to the individual... A piece of skill than like a team build up. Yeah, Obviously, Smith agree. was looking a bit dangerous. Shot had nothing, no conviction on it. Easy save for the keeper. 82nd minute and third O sub as Connor Wood, who had a bit of a poor game, I think it's probably fair to say. But then Connor Wood would say, Well, I'm a left back, you're playing me as a left wing back, and yeah. I'm, getting, I'm getting forward 70% of the pitch, and I do yeah. not know what to do because it's not my game. Uh, he was replaced by Dan Moss. Dan Moss went to right back. Otis Carr moved to left back. Hector Kiprianu was booked in the 83rd minute and things went from bad to worse a minute later as his scuff clearance went behind for a corner which found Norman at the back post who headed in from close range to make it 1-0 to Newport. What a terrible goal to concede well, from our point of view. A, the corner should never have been conceded because it's a basic clearance that Hector fluffs so you're giving away a corner when you don't need to and yeah. B, from not conceding anything at set pieces from like the beginning of the season where I think we're, our defence looked like solid, solid yeah. it seems to be like a recurring thing now every week like in a real basic goal they win the first flick on and then their player is literally Norman's there no one near him thank you very much not that into the goal take the three points see yeah. you later yeah. and, and as soon as that went in you're like right we're not we're not scoring tonight it's done like yeah. nothing's happening here. yeah exactly it's ridiculous yeah, almost an equaliser though, I must say. In the 86 minutes, Dan Moss and Otis Kai had shots at goal, but Newport put their bodies on the line and cleared the danger out for a corner. Good chances there. They defended with their bodies on the line, which is what you'd expect. You know, they're going to yeah. nick a 1-0 win here. Five minutes of time, ratted on and played out. No further talking points as the O slumped to a 1-0 defeat, capping off a miserable two games at home in the space of four days and a lot of boos ringing out from the South Stand as well. Yeah, one point out of six. I think we're also... Happy to be back at football, but I think by the end of Tuesday night, I think everyone was a bit kind of completely demoralised by it and, de- and yeah. demotivated by it. Kenny Jackett's interview from that oh. game, we're not going to obviously play it because that was on Tuesday night, it's been on YouTube for the last couple of days, but if you want to go back and listen to it, listen to what Kenny had to say, that is available on the club's official YouTube channel. Yeah, so the league tables, that loss saw us drop one place to 14th, as we've now at this point after Newport played 24 games. We'd won seven, drawn 11, lost six, goal difference of uh, mine, of plus 15, sorry, and we'd on we'd got 32 points. Um, not going to repeat what I said in my rant in last week's show, but I could literally just copy and paste what I said into this one. The performance 
absolutely not good enough by anybody's measure. Um, you know, we're trying the same formation with a couple of personnel changes and, and we've lost it. Tonight's game was even worse than the Port Vale game, if that's even possible. And you can tell we had, what, three, three and a half thousand in um, Tuesday night. We had five and a half thousand in on Saturday. You know, they the two thousand, I think, were the more sensible ones to not bother turning up. And that's despite some brief, very brief flashes of, of good play that we had. There's still no plan B. Um, and despite things not working... Kenny just won't change it. Um, the definition of madness or insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome. And that's just what's happening. We had it last season with an inexperienced manager. We're having it this yeah. season with a supremely experienced manager. The guy's got promotions on his CVs, yeah. mostly managed at championship and league one level. So, you know, you're, you're talking about an experienced guy here. Um, but all this talk of Kenny Jacket going, what a nonsense and a massive overreaction by a real noisy minority at that point. Yeah. Um, I just hope we don't get smashed by Mansfield. Okay, that was Your obviously written on Tuesday. Yeah, just just a very odd performance. Better than Saturday, I would say, but just you know, just as bad. No attacking threat, apart from a few individual moments, like you said. Newport, though, a good team. You know, didn't play well, closed us down when they had to, nicked a goal. I'm going back to Wales with a three points. They'll be up there, and that's how you do it. I'd love to see Orient do that. You know, put in an ugly performance. Yeah. Nick a goal, take the three points back home. Thanks. See you later. Haven't done that in ages. Definitely Orient done that this season. Uh, but a big period I wrote coming up from Kenny now. Does he change formation? But a pressure building on this one. Obviously, the five three two isn't working. Doesn't have the personnel for it. I think we've seen that Connor Wood isn't a left wing back and can't give you that option. And with Archibald out at that point, he's got nothing offering on the left. And on the right, Khan looked okay, but it's not Khan's preferred position. It's not his position. So I think someone put square pegs around holes. I think that's probably a good yeah, way. I so I thought that was a big a big, a big, big night for Kenny and some big choices to make going into Mansfield. So Really good point. Yeah. It's a really good point. And the question is, is now, could he, could he, should he revert back to how, when we were smashing the Swindons and the others, 4-1s and, and all the rest of it, should he not go with Archibald up top? Should he not go with... Yeah, all right, I'll go back on it. Smith and Drynan as that front three, as that attacking front three rather than Archibald at left wing back. Um, it was working all right with Wood at left yeah. back. Um, and then obviously we had Tom James as a creative outlet down the right, but now we've got Otis Khan. So we could have that on. So maybe we could just look to do that. Whether he does or not is completely obviously, uh, what do you call it? Um, up in the, uh, you know, in his hands. I don't think he will. I think that it's pretty fundamental that something needs to change, but he obviously doesn't seem to think so. so. Yeah, but not at that point anyway. Yeah, so those were our views. A huge amount, a huge amount of feedback after this match. So thanks to everyone for all your views that came into our social media accounts, which are sponsored, as you probably know by now, by town and country estate agents who are Orient-supporting, highly successful estate agents. West End season ticket holder and director Charlie Paul is offering all Leighton Orient fans and staff a whopping 20% off of their usual fee. So if you're thinking of moving, keep it in the Orient family. Save yourself a few quid in the process. You can give Charlie a call directly on 07528 471 497 or you can email charlie that's c-h-a-r-l-i-e at town and country property sales that's all one word dot co dot uk or drop him a dm on twitter charlie underscore paul with an e on the yeah, end yeah nicely done so the first of many tweets came into us was from w smith 125 who said kemp and wood had an absolute stink as meant that Khan was our only support for the forwards Smith and Moss made a great impact, but not enough at all going forward. 
Only so much that Beckles, Ogie and Viggs can do. Yeah, Tommy Atkinson, six. Where the, where's the desire gone? Chance creation down the toilet, barely getting shots on target. If we don't turn this round fast, the playoffs will become yet another far-fetched dream like last season. Good point. Lennon Forrest, if you've just watched a team with ambition and know-how to grind out a win, even when they aren't performing great in hints, it wasn't Orient. Yeah, Graham G, 14843952, said the fans whinged last season. At this point, Ross had got had played 24 games and got 36 points. Kenny, at this point, has played 24 points and got 32 points. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, Magic underscore Johnson, one of the worst performances I actually think I've ever seen at Orient. Totally lacking ideas and passing. My good God was worse than Sunday League. Players walking about, horrendous from front to back, clueless. And I'm not sure where you even start Monday reviewing that. Orient Dave said, the most honest manager in the league, yet he still can't get it right. Would prefer a manager who was living in cloud cuckoo land. At least then you could make excuses. We've heard his honesty, but he can't fix it. Yeah, Billy Herring, 0-3, said, jack it out. The players aren't the problem. It's the manager persisting with five at the back. A six-foot-five centre-forward, so we don't play any wide men. Get a young, innovative manager in. Forget his experience, rubbish. Anyone experienced still in League 2 is there for a reason. I was a huge supporter of Ross until he persisted with making the same mistakes over and over and not trying to rectify it. Jacket is doing exactly the same, except he's being paid twice as much money to do it and he has a far better squad. Alan, AVM1502, said players seem all over the place. Back to basics needed. 4-4-2, players in the right positions. Yeah, not bad. Comment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. SB Dealing said another rubbish lackluster and lack of idea performance. 17 points now from our last 16 games, yet no change of formation or tactics. And when will Jacket realise this isn't working? Hashtag clueless. Kenny, 17 points from the last 16 games is pretty poor, actually. 48 points available, and you've only got 17. That's very poor. Yeah. Mark Roz, 07487103, said. Jacket can join the queue of stubborn managers who we've had in the past. We're going nowhere. Hector and Wood were a joke. Where's Hector's potential? I just can't see it. It's getting painful to watch. Yeah, fair to say Hector didn't enjoy his best game either. No, but then nor did anybody else. He was no worse and no better than anybody else in that. Lawrence Vigru is probably the only one to come out with any credibility from that. Yeah. Arguably, it wasn't his fault about the goal, but um, he made that great save from the dip. I think he's the only one that's really got the credibility. Yeah, there's not many, is there? Daniel no. underscore D44 says, that was another terrible game. We are devoid of creativity without James and Theo. The midfield is woeful without Clay. Hector and Kemp have lost all form from early in the season. And only time we played, only tempo, was when Ruel came on. Ruel done all right when he came on, actually. Gave the crowd a bit of a lift. It was a bit, yeah. a bit troubling for their defence, a bit nippy. One yeah. of those players who you just don't like playing no, against. No, absolutely. Especially when you're a bit more tired in the game and you've travelled a bit of a journey as well. Joe underscore from underscore Essex said 5212 5-2-1-2, 5-2-1-2, 5-2-1-2, 5-2-1-2. I'm sick of it. We don't have the personnel for it and we're going to get tight, boring, dead games like that all the time, time and again because of it. Those fan basics said that was awful. Wood, Kiprianu, Kemp Poor. What does Harry Smith have on Kenny? Talking to Kenny, probably played a lot more and seems to have had no idea how to play attacking football. What? Has he really brought to us? El Hangel said, The truth is that we're just very average. James, Clay and Archibald are big losses for us. We should never have lost that game. Hopefully, we continue to stand behind Jacket. I think he'll bring us success if given time. Yeah, good point. I mean, you've got to say, James, Clay and Archibald, they are, they are as bad as it's been, they are big losses. It's taken away three of your Undeni- power. Undeniable. However, however yeah. 
you change yeah, the formation yeah, to suit the personnel that you've got. Yeah, yeah. You don't expect new players to do the same job as them that you've lost. Yeah. It's just not possible. I agree. Spano011 said, that was awful. Jacket's honeymoon period is now well and truly over. Mid-table at best, the club are deluded if they think promotion is achievable with Jacket. Hopefully, I can eat my words, and we are in League One next season, but then that would make me deluded. <laughs> Kid Samson O said, we've gone from a clueless charlatan to an intransient dinosaur. <laughs> the players are there, some words in there. Uh, the players are different, but the performances remain exactly the same. Turgid, unambitious, ineptitude, a complete dearth of creativity. Kid Samson O must be playing Scrabble or something because there's a lot of big words in there. We've, we've swallowed the dictionary letters, before. Yeah. Yeah. Full yeah. Skinner, 88 says, the frustrating thing is, I was expecting the season to peter out due to fixture congestion for the remainder of the season. But if it was blown after two games, mid-table tosh from expensive players and manager. Chris W underscore one said, maybe we should have listened to the Pompey fans on the fence with that. I don't get it. We started uh, off high. Now loads of draws and not the best performances. Archibald, Clay and James do make a big difference, but no. But who knows where we're going to finish at the, come the end of the season. Yeah, I think it's fair to say Portsmouth fans had a field day with one of our videos earlier in the week. They, they got did. about 9,000 views on Twitter because Portsmouth fans kept retweeting it about Jacket and no plan B. Thank you uh, to the Portsmouth fans, our newest fans. David Ricard AC, who we spoke about earlier in the podcast, messaged us. And while it was a very poor performance and we were second to most balls, we didn't get the decisions when we needed them. The first handball looked like a blatant penalty. I'm not sure how that was missed by officials. The whole build-up to their goal, though, was dreadful. Yeah, Ben D. Bollard said, We miss Clay, Theo and James big time. We av- we very average without them. Saying that, Port Vale and Newport haven't looked any better than us, so we're not far off. Still trusting Kenny Jacket and Joe Gallen to address the team's shortcomings and take us to where we want to be. But it may be next season. There's a voice of reason for Yeah, see, Gibson underscore 89 said, I thought Kenny made the right changes at the right times, but it just wouldn't fall for us. So much of the ball out on the left flank. And without Theo, there's no one to create anything. I'm a bit shocked we haven't added firepower in that role. You can't ask a defensive left-back to do it. SR, yeah, but my, more my point about Wood. Wood was getting certain points and he wasn't confident going forward. Correct. It's not it's what not he's going to do, yeah. That was my comment earlier about the player getting a nosebleed when he reached the halfway yeah. line. Connor Wood doesn't go past yeah. the halfway line because that's not his comfort yeah, zone. That's exactly. not what he does. He's in a typical kind of... A, it's just an, an old-fashioned left-back, yeah. yeah, an English left-back, really. Uh, SR Barber, 1986, said, We didn't deserve to lose, but we didn't do enough to win. We still, we can't sit here and feel sorry for ourselves. With the fixtures coming up, you really have to doubt our playoff chance. Mid-table team all day from recent form. Saying that, new lads did well and smiled when he came on. Yeah, Bell underscore Johnson, UK, said, Kenny seems unable to change tactics to suit the plays he has available. All teams get injuries during the season. You have to adapt not keep playing the same yeah, way. Yeah, I, I don't understand why managers don't. I know that they come in with their ideal, this is what I want to play. I don't understand what, what they're so scared of to change yeah. it. I, I don't get it. Surely you go to the players and, and say, look, this is what I want to do. Or look at the players and say, can that guy do that job for me? Yeah. That's yeah. not what he's meant to do. No, I can't. I've got Moss at right back. I've got Wood at left back. And then two of Beckles, Shad... Um, and Alex Mitchell yeah, yeah. Uh, in the back as a back four to get that stability, and then right, okay, we've got Otis Khan on one side. Who have I got on my? Who can play potentially on the left? Maybe Otis and and and, and Smythe, for example. Okay, and then I've got my two, and then two up, two midfielders, and then two up front. You know, just to give them because yeah, yeah. everyone knows four four two. We've had this conversation numerous times. Every player knows four four two. 
Maybe it just gives a bit more stability. Maka Coleman, 73, said Alex Mitchell was everywhere tonight. A real grafter. An unsung hero for me this season. Yeah, good point. Ed Jones, 1976. A performance, short on quality, desire, commitment and urgency with a splattering of petulance and bad decision making. Season over as far as I'm concerned. Never getting anywhere near the playoffs. Playing that long ball here and hope. Missing Tom James, Theo and Craig Clay. Boggs Dollops 1 said, That's Jacket's honeymoon period over. Our 5-3-2 has become very easy to defend against. Gone has the early season zip and hunger. The system looks tired. We're overrun in midfield regularly, have zero width or confidence. It's unacceptable. It's a good point. It's, if teams have been scouting us, they'll go, well, they play 5 3 2, just don't let the wingbacks get forward, and both their wingbacks are out. So just challenge them, don't get up the pitch. They'll go, they'll keep playing it around in defence, and we'll just pressure them. Yeah, but it's, it? not, it's not a 5 3 2, it's a 5, like uh, thing I said earlier, it's well, the 2 in midfield, and I mean, you could play arguably a 3 4 1 2 if you use the wing backs, but then it's not, it's a 5 2 1 2 or a 5 2 3, basically, which is why there's such an imbalance. Well, something, yeah, um, it's definitely in, something, yeah. In there, yeah. Joe Jessner, 16, said, I know Kipriano is struggling for form at the moment, but he's not going to find it. In, when every minor mistake or hesitation he makes is met with the kind of reaction he was getting today. The guy's only 20 years old. Let's try and remember that. That's a very good tweet. These well, are young players, to be fair. He- I, I guess we kind of think Hector's a bit older because he's been around now for about a year, 18 months around that first team. So it's easy to kind of lose control of where he is. He's the same age as Jordan Brown. Yeah. But had a lot more experience at a yeah, level. Than exactly. That. So good point there. Joe, Gary Torber, seven. In the penultimate tweet from Tuesday, so we've been consistently poor since the Bristol Rovers game. Other things have conspired against us in recent weeks. However, the Finn squad was always going to be exposed at some stage. That said, let's judge Jackie at this time next season. Yeah, final word on this goes to Lewis Fear underscore, who says, Orient fans in meltdown. Kenny out. X, Y and Z players are rubbish. Is it Ling who's calling the shots? Honestly, I don't know how or when did we become snobby and toxic fans. I swear, two months ago, people ready to make Jacket their lord and saviour. You just need to relax. Yeah. Great tweet to end on. Great tweet to end on. Thank you to Lewis. Thanks to everyone who tweeted us after Newport. It was a very emotional uh, evening. Lots of tweets. There's a lot of tweets we also didn't mention due to duplicates. Thanks to everyone who tweeted us after that game. So leading us nicely onto the Carol Langley Flores Prediction League. And hopefully, as you know by now, Carol Langley, an established local business in Chingford, East London, specialising in bespoke flowers for all occasions and events. From a simple thank you to a lavish wedding or event, they can help. So get in touch with John and the team around Twitter at Carol Langley E4 or at Essex Biz. Valentine's Day coming up, Mother's Day coming up soon. Lots of opportunities yeah, get for flowers. Go and get your orders in from John and the team. Absolutely. So, a huge well done. It massively impresses me when people do get this. Rich P242 and Dan Alton2590, as well as Wallerad, who all correctly predicted tonight's results. So, you all get three points. We'll do a roundup of yeah. the prediction, top of the prediction league table at the end of the podcast. Yes, yeah, so let's That's move that. on and let's never talk about Newport County at home again for this season. Amen. Wednesday, the 26th of January. Quite a day at the club. No news. Yeah, so Thursday the 27th of January. Happy birthday to young Ozech Obiero. Nicely done. The club also announced that Shad Ogie signed a new two-year deal which ties into the club until the summer of 2024. In an interview with the club, Shad said, It's my dream to sign for another two years here at Leighton Orient. I've been here since I can remember. It really means a lot for me and my family. My game has developed since I've been here. But as a person, I've developed too. Shad also later tweeted, 
the love story continues. Nice tweet that. Yeah, great news. Well deserved. He's been one of the uh, one of the only shining lights in this season so far. So yeah, he's done. He's done well to deserve that. Well played. Very much so. If you would have said like at the beginning of the season, Shadogi's going to break into a break into starting eleven. B take hero of the week numerous times. B like you said, be one of the, not only one of the young players of the season, but actually be one of the players of the season so far. I would have gone no way. Like he's not ready, but he's had an amazing couple of months and hopefully now goes and progresses in the next two years keeps his place and pushes on so yeah great great signing there for us yeah so Kenny Friday the 28th of January very happy 22nd birthday to Ethan Coleman our new signing and also to academy player Ayo Ojo yeah so flying through it now so Saturday the 29th of January in the morning at half 10 the youth team hosted Stevenage with the game looking likely to end goalless the O's won the game in the 82nd minute as a good ball from Fish found Dan and Krumer who had a great finish into the top left hand corner of the net to score and the O's held on to win the game 1-0 well done to the young O's showing the senior mm. team how it's done absolutely so let's move on to the main event which was Mansfield Town away before the game as we always do we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you thought the O's would get on in this one and after 219 votes in just 24 hours yet yeah, the voting ended up as follows 17% thought we'd draw 25% thought we'd win and a whopping 58% were right to say that we, they thought that we would <laughs> lose, me included. Yeah, so as always, thanks to everyone who votes on those Twitter polls, either Thursday night or Friday morning on our Twitter feed, so make sure to keep checking that one. So the team was announced at 2 o'clock with Lawrence Vigrou in goal, with Otis Khan, Alex Mitchell, Omar Beckles, Dan Happy and Theo Archibald across the back with, e, with uh, Jordan Brown and Ethan Coleman in the middle of Paul Smith, Rob Satoru and Harry Smith making up the 11. On the bench, we had Sam Sargent, Adam Thompson, Dan Moss, Matt Young, Hector Kipianu, Dan Kemp and Aaron Dryden. Yeah, that meant there were five changes from the team that lost to Newport in midweek as Shad Ogie missed out with a hamstring injury. He was replaced by Dan Happy. Hector Kipianu dropped to the bench in place of Ethan Coleman who made his debut. Rob Satoru started in place of Aaron Drynan, who was dropped to the bench and would dropped completely from the match day squad for Theo Archibald who returns from injury and Paul Smith is the fifth change he came on uh, in place of Dan Kemp who was dropped to the bench so your views on that fair play to Kenny makes changes from that performance five changes that's a lot of team personnel yeah. to change Too many? as expected no I don't think so I think, yeah. the, I think the overriding factor in that is that the shapes ultimately have stayed the same with Otis Khan still right wing back yep. and Theo Archibald who can play left wing back but it doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. Ella. We've had this with James Brophy all last season. It is the same. <laughs> it feels like a bit, a bit of a repeat. So yeah. I completely get making making changes. I think the team's probably stronger for it. Uh, a few interesting points, though. I think for me, I, I would have liked to have seen uh, Drynan start ahead of Harry Smith mm-hmm. for this one. Mm-hmm. I thought I would have liked to have seen Harry Smith start that one on the bench. I wasn't surprised to see Archibald back. I thought... You know when you're seeing things during the week, like he was in a training photo that I think, again, someone had picked up on on Twitter. And even though Kenny wasn't committing, saying he was going to start on Saturday, I think there were a few things that made me think that he would start. So I, I, I had him in my fan hub. I thought, well, they're going to start him here. They're going, yeah. to, they're going to try and pull the wall over everyone's eyes. And I that. did, and then about one o'clock I changed Oh, it. did you? Yeah. Right, yeah. So I, I thought, I, it wouldn't surprise me that Archibald started. Uh, it was good to see Paul Smith start again. Obviously, more consistent football now, but obviously we'll talk about Paul Smith a bit uh, later. I was surprised to see Dan Happy start. I've got to be honest. Dan Dan Happy over Adam Thompson. At left at left sided. Um, yeah, I'm surprised by that. 
I was surprised by that. But that's not a, that's a square peg in a square hole. It it is, but Adam Thompson can still play there. If you ask me who, who I would prefer at the back going to a team on a runner form like Mansfield, mm-hmm. I would have Adam Thompson all day long for his experience and for his vocalness over Dan Happy all day long to kind of marshal the team. Considering who's in front of you, Jordan but, Brown and Ethan Coleman. But Omar's there. I know, but Happy doesn't... I don't think Happy's the one this season, I've got to be honest. I would put Adam Thompson in there, but I thought it was an Fair interesting enough. call there from Kenny. Uh, put a very big opportunity for Ross Atari with Coulterham to start, get to start, hopefully makes an impact. And I thought it was interesting, again, what we discussed, no Prattley in the squad. And Callum Riley, apparently in full training, always seen at the ground. What's going on there? I'm surprised he doesn't even make make the bench. At what point does Cam Riley even get into the squad? Do you know well, what I mean? I'd like to see him play. I think we all would, mate. Yeah, I think I'd we like all to would. See him play. I think we all would. Considering he'd been spoken about it during the week, you think, okay, they might drop Riley in here, but again, nowhere to be seen. So yeah, yeah. <clears throat> fair enough. No, you make fair fair points there. Interesting lineup. Sadly, I changed my fan hub team prediction. I didn't do as well <laughs> as I should have done. But interesting to see that there was no shad. Obviously, I'm writing this prior yeah. to not to knowing that he'd, he'd picked up an injury. But but happy gets a chance. Good to see Theo back, uh, and Ethan Coleman obviously good. You know, is making his his debut for me. Really glad to see Ruel getting a start. But over Aaron Dryden, I think I had the same view as you. Same, in same that. point. Yeah. Um, I'm nothing against Harry Smith at all. I think he is exactly the type of player from a personality perspective and from a what he brings to the team perspective. But things are just not going his way. He's not getting that rub of the green at the moment. Um, so why not leave Drynan on? All right, it means we haven't got height up front, but then maybe that means that we have to play football a little bit more and you've got the runners in Smythe and, and Drynan and Ruel. You've got that firepower there. You've just got to feed them and serve that, service them. So, yeah, for, for, for me, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased in certain points, but like, like you said before, he's not changed the way the team have set up. He's just changed the personnel in that setup. That's the That's the kind of... It's the overriding figure, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Nothing's changed, but everything's changed. <laughs> yeah. That's, I, a walk, that's a contradiction in terms, but nothing's yeah, changed, but everything's yeah, 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 changed. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. James O'Hagan's got the first. Yes, there was a word. lot. I mean, there's always a lot, but there was, seemed to be a massive reaction on Twitter. I guess like you'd expect. Like you said, Paul, James O'Hagan said, ringing in the changes. I can't say he's not trying to improve things. Yeah, Nick Clark underscore nine, Nick underscore Clark 99, sorry, I, uh, said, I think I like it. Centre midfield is obviously an unknown quantity. Yeah. I think that's something that Kenny will pick up on in his I mean, that's a very young. That's a very young central midfield. Very young. I think if Riley was ready, he would have been on the bench without fail. And again, we've mentioned Prattley, so we won't go over old ground there. <laughs> ben Whitlock, 13. Said Wood might be injured, but I can't help but feel that Kenny doesn't fancy him. Mm. Difficult to tell these days if this is Kenny sending a message by shaking up the team or if he's not got money to choose from. That's a good, good point. Really good point. point. Casey Adams, LOFC, said, What a team. Get at them from the get go. Come on, you O's, and one word energy. Evie Stark said, The only thing I can think is Ogie is injured or he's not well. I would have dropped Harry Smith, not Dryden. With Varel, Paul, and Theo playing, we have pace. Don't see much pace in Harry Smith. Yeah, he's not that kind of player, so that's that's right. Eastside Orient said, let's hope all those calling for a world to get a chance are proved right. Personally, I'm not convinced by him. Drynan to score after replacing him in the second half is my prediction. That's not a bad... 
That wasn't a bad prediction. It wasn't. He hit the post twice. So no, unlucky yeah. Peter. So the match kicked off with Yo's looking to bounce back from two disappointing kind of performances against a Mansfield team looking for a club record eighth league win on the bounce. What a ridiculous time to play him. Yeah. Like, Great luck of the Giants for them, yeah, and, and this is <laughs> going to be very brief because this was another tragic game. In the eighth minute, O'Toole was at the back post, but his touch on an effort that went into Vigaru's hands. Yeah, 14th minute, Ollie Clark had a shot from outside the box, easy save for Figs. Let me just say, 14 minutes, nothing from the Orient, no, nothing no. coming. No, 20 minutes, Paul Smyers' long throw eventually reached Jordan Brown, but his half volley was well over the bar. Yeah, we're going to skip that to the 28th minute. Oates had an effort. For Mansfield, Vigory done well to get down and keep the effort out. Yeah, Ruel Satorio in the 38th minute beat a defender after a pass from Ethan Coleman, but his effort went well wide. So they're getting, I mean, they're not getting open chances, but when they are shooting, Jordan Brown, I think he had one shot against Newport, one against Mansfield quite early on. Nowhere near the target, not even close to the target. And two, he's had one kind of look up on goal, and again, nowhere near the target. So I mean, chances are at a premium at the moment. You've got to make the best of them. And they've both not gone anywhere near Bishop in the goal. In the 43rd minute, Mansfield took the lead as the ball was put into the box from Oates. And XO, Jordan Barry, basically, not even appeared to handle, handled the ball like a basketball player. Caught the arm, controlled it, brought the ball down, fired past Vigoru to make it one all to the host with the Orient defence appealing for offside, but the line of keeping his flag down and the goal scored. Sorry, not offside, a pin of handball. Not given, 1-0 to Mansfield. I mean, it's on the line of side as well, which makes it even worse, really, in mm-hmm. terms of it's it's quite, it's quite a blatant handball. Standards. However, like. it was poor defending, and he's, he's finished it well, but no one, no one on him. Acres right. of space, do you know what I mean? Which makes it bad enough as it is. So, yeah. Very disappointing goal to concede. Yeah, really. I mean, it's the most blatant handball that you'll ever that you're probably ever going to see. I cut you. Obviously, it just goes to show you that you can't rely on the officials. There was nobody even close enough to him to get a block on. I mean, where were where were our defence? Like, what is going on? Why is a striker like Jordan a striker? Full stop. Why is a striker like Jordan Bowery mm. allowed to have that much time and space? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. It's XO, the most Jordan head well. scratchy yeah. thing I've ever seen. No further action to talk about in the first half. Um, Mansfield went in at half time, 1 0 up. Yeah, attendance announced at 5,851 with 381 away fans. Mansfield um, attendance not bad for them. I think their mm. attendance is normally slightly lower than that. So the second half kicked off one sub, Matt Young coming on for Paul Smith. I did not understand that choice of sub whatsoever for me. I know Paul Smith obviously takes an inj- is injured. Yeah. Why are you bringing Matt Young on for Paul Smith? And this is what makes me scratch my head quite that, to, to that the point a, where that, it bleeds. You've got an experienced manager making that decision. That was a head-scratcher. So Paul Smith obviously has to come off. But surely you put on Aaron Giant or Hector. If you go in, yeah, you go like for like, arguably. That's his habit. <laughs> I, think the mo- I think the thing we've been moaning about is that he's, he's been going like for like too often. And this instance, he's not gone for like like, but in a negative aspect. He's gone three midfielders. <laughs> yeah. So that means that then what, we're going 4-3-3? Three, three? And Matt Young is... 18 19 so that young. that is a that is a no pun intended such a young yeah I didn't get that at all why not, why not, why not get Jonathan up there or, or yeah. try something different do you yeah. know what I mean like 
really, really strange. Uh, Omar Beckles was booked for a foul in the 46 minute. So is Fia Archibald in the 53rd minute. So a few more yellows there for the O's. Yeah, 10 minutes later, there was a double change for the O's as Aaron Dryden came on for Ruel and Hector Kiprianu came on for Jordan Brown. There's a like for like sub. Yeah. Those are two like for like subs. Ruel disappointed in Ruel, got to be honest. Like, didn't. There's nothing in that performance that makes me go, he has to start on Tuesday. That was his chance. So, was it was it a fair chance though? Because Harry Smith's done nothing in that game possibly, that we've spoken yeah, about. Possibly. And he'll start. More than likely, that's why Ruel's got to take his chances because he's under more pressure. But, but he to did make have, an impact. He had, we've only spoken about one shot. And yeah, that wasn't exactly. at, that wasn't at goal. So I wouldn't blame Ruel. I wouldn't single Ruel out over anyone else because nothing happened. Oh, no, Paul that. Smith's done nothing in that half, but if he was fit, he would be exactly, starting yeah, in this yeah. game. That's what I'm saying. Ruel's under a different type of pressure to you, Harry. Like he's got to make an impact when he's on the pitch. That's Otherwise, very true. His place gets taken. But yeah, 72nd minute in, Mansfield. Just to just to come back on that though, I think Harry Smith probably needs a bit of a rest. I think you keep Ruel on. Yeah. You you <clears> take <throat> dry you put Drynan on for for Harry Smith. Um, could have added a different dimension to our game. Get the ball on the ground. Get it to the Ruels and the Drinans and the Drynans, and and you know these guys will find the back of the net. The wind was playing ha- havoc with the game. Obviously, it's really windy down there. We were attacking. The wind, we weren't going. There's not. There's going to be no pinpoint crosses on Harry Smith's head because the wind just wouldn't allow for it. So yeah. Harry Smith, yeah. in hindsight, definitely maybe should have been the one to come off. 72nd minute, game over. Mansfield made it too. It was a corner. Eventually came to Ollie Clark in the box. He sent a half volley through a crowd of legs straight into the back of the net to make it 2-0. Job done. Another corner. Theo's yeah. man this time. Yeah. What's happened to us? watching. Theo, as much as I love Theo Archibald, again, it's not the first time this season someone's come off Theo Archibald to score a goal off a set piece. Yeah. That happened on the he's not the a left time. wing back. Yeah. Although that was more central, wasn't it? I think there's been three or four instances where Theo's man's got away from him. Yeah. But I can't point too many fingers at Theo because he's not defensively minded enough. He's playing there. No. Because he can get you from the back up to the front quickly. Yeah. But if you've got a corner, an attacking player going up against him. But it's gone through a body of legs as well. Yeah. So someone could have put a foot out to stop it. I mean, I'm saying that in the hindsight of not being in there in real time. Yeah, but yeah. You know, can't totally blame uh, him. 74 minutes, there was almost an instant response from the O's. It was a great pass from Hector Kipriano, saw Aaron Drynan get into some space and from a tight angle, his close range shot managed to hit the upright, or sorry, the outside of the post. His first touch, to be fair to Drynan, was brilliant. He kind of opened it up and he should, I think he should have scored that, let himself down 100%. There. Another three inches the other way and it's gone in, right? I think yeah. a, I think a giant at the end of the season just buries that, doesn't even yeah. think twice about it. 100%. Just shows you the way. When your luck's in, your luck's in Confidence. for Mansfield. And when your luck's out, your luck's out for us. Yeah. And it's exactly, <laughs> exactly the same thing happened three minutes later. Maybe an even easier chance as it Dryden hit the crossbar as the ball ricocheted around the goal from a corner. Dryden got his head to the ball that was smashed back into the box, hit the bar. I think that was... Quite difficult, but when you see how close it was to the goal, we'll be disappointed he hasn't put that in the net. A hundred percent. And again, if you score in the seventy seventh minute, maybe they get on. maybe they get a bit nervy. We get the impetus. Kenny maybe drives us forward a bit more. But once I hit the bar, you're like, this definitely, definitely isn't going to be our day today. And it looked harder to miss than it did to score. So, I mean, two amazing chances to get something from this game. And and, and Aaron Drynan, who you mentioned earlier, would be you know the one that you would want to be on the end of it. Um, to be in that uh, opportunity, to have that opportunity to score, 
and he and he's missed them, and and he missed against Stoke as well. All right, granted yes, against good the good Championship yeah. side, but he had some very good opportunities there. He's got to be more clinical. Uh, I'm sure it's a confidence thing. Yeah, I would agree with you there. That was it in terms of content to talk about. Four minutes of time were played out. No more chances to talk about. Full time whistle goes as Eo slumped to a disappointing two 0 defeat as Mansfield break their club record. So well done to Mansfield. So we're going to play the first minute. 42 of Kenny's post-match interview with Dave Victor. So here is a small snippet of what Kenny had to say. Kenny, thanks for joining us. Difficult conditions, a very hard result. Let's talk about the first goal. Surely it was handball by Jordan Bowie. I thought it was. You know, none of us can really understand the decision. The linesman was that side as well, and you know they've not given it. And yeah, it looked allowed on handball. Um, we've gone into half time there. You know, we thought having done the job, but then in the second half, you know, to get back, get us back into the game. You know, Drinan's had two good chances. He's, he's, one is hit the post, another one is hit the bar, and we and we needed one of those big chances to go in as well. There was you know, three or four good passing moves towards the end of the game where you know we, we did open them up, and, and at those times to get back into it, you do need to finish those chances. Uh, ultimately, then uh, you know the second goal has, has cost us. You know it's a it's a, a, a corner against again. You know where set pieces were coming out the wrong side of things. Definitely, you know it's a basic one where Ollie Clark has has gone off the O.R.G. board at the edge of the box, and um, you know, it's, it's given us a mountain to climb. Uh, and there's a, you know, a lack of game knowledge. We, we, at, at the moment, we're one or two boys out. We're um, uh, very young. And, and in terms of ability, we have some. But, but game knowledge of League Two is a big thing. And, and Mansfield had it today and we didn't. They seem to manage the conditions better. That's because they had that experience? Yeah, maybe. But I do think it's, it's just experience of not just the conditions, but the division and what, what, what it takes to, to be able to win. And they can just edge you out. And, and I thought that was the case today. I thought there was more knowledge on their side and um, you know, n- not enough game knowledge and game understanding on ourselves. Uh, um, some some indi- individual performances that were bright and were good, but uh, uh, as a collection, just, just slightly inexperienced. So that was Kenny Jacket there talking to Dave Victor. Thank you to Dave, as always, for sending over your interviews with Kenny. That's about a six-minute interview, so if you want to listen to the rest of it, it is available on the club's YouTube channel. But I thought it was interesting that Kenny made a point of lack of game knowledge uh, and understanding. I thought that was interesting. I always want to say is Paul Smith has potentially broken his ribs. He's got rib injury during a challenge from O'Toole in the first half. But I also think at the same point, he's quite calm about it. Like, he doesn't wasn't getting agitated with any of the questions. It was quite calm. Mark's everything was thrown at him. So that kind of gave me a better a better feeling about everything. I reckon behind his eyes he was seething. Oh, I imagine he was, but he never lets it sh- he never lets it show. Like he's always calm. It's quite expressionless, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. But but I'd say as a manager that's that's quite a good I quite like that about him. I think yeah, that's quite a good is, thing. Yeah. Um League Table then. Yeah, so that loss sees us drop to fifteenth, unbelievably. Now I play twenty five only won seven, drawn 11, lost seven though, so those L's are starting to pile up now against yeah. us. Goal difference is still pretty healthy though from the place we're in, plus 13 and 32 points. So bearded Lejande, your views on Mansfield yesterday. I started writing that I'm not going to go on a massive rant or repeat <laughs> what I've said for the last two games, but you know, look, I respect the fact that he's brought in Theo Archibald. I respect the fact that he's come straight back in. That was absolutely needed. And also that he's given um, Ethan Coleman his debut. But Coleman and Brown, like he said, arguably are too inexperienced to run the midfield. It felt harsh um, to dr- for me to drop Hector Kiprianu. It really did. Um, it's just one of those where 
he didn't really do worse than anybody else to then deserve being dropped for a guy that's not played in the league for for, for us either. Um, against an informed Mansfield side, I think we should have gone with a familiar squad to Tuesdays and changed it later in the match. Um, bring uh, Archibald and Coleman on later rather than start them. Uh, players look like they've been drained of confidence. There's no real personality out there. There's no one that sounds like they're calling the shots or you know, cajoling the team to do something and to be better and to, to improve. Um, and again, as I said before, I'm absolutely nothing against Harry Smith, but I think he needs a rest and I think it needs to invoke a change in our style and our system because it's just not working. And um, yeah, I mean, seeing people now starting to turn on the board and Martin Ling, especially Nigel, who's put put it out there that we're going for it and that the board have sanctioned spending, which has got fans' hopes up. You know, we're really going for it. We're going to be aggressive, that kind of rhetoric. You know, I'm struggling to see this hype really come to fruition. Um, I think just, you know, to remind the board, I think they need to be really careful about perhaps what they're saying publicly. I think Nigel is a fan. At, Nigel's a fan at heart, but he wears two caps. He wears the chairman's cap yeah. and he wears the fan cap. Um, and I think that's a dangerous thing because obviously he knows exactly what's going on and where anything is at any given point, where it's transfers or discussions mm. about improvements or changes or what's going on. And obviously with his, he knows that there's some exciting stuff going on but obviously can't say. So it's, he's kind of caught between that rock and a hard place. I, I appreciate that. I know it's difficult. i tell you what I'd love to see, though. I'd love to <laughs> see the WhatsApp group for the board. I'd love to know what's being said in that. Um, like we've just covered in Kenny's post-match interview, he talks about the lacking of game nous, if you like. But he's the one who put two inexperienced midfielders on that starting lineup today. He's left Hector on the bench. Darren Pratt is nowhere to be seen. Oh, he is. He's at the at the youth <laughs> game in Woodford, which is thousands, you know, thousands of miles away from from Mansfield in some respects. Um, I like the fact that in some ways he says it as it is, but in others, it's a walking contradiction because he's saying, "Oh, we lack the the experience in midfield," but yet he's the one that put those two out there. And he's the one that can change it and isn't and won't. So why? Uh, just head-scratching. Lots of head-scratching. Not sure it would be a wise move to sack Kenny with 25 games in. There's big question marks over the recruitment as we really needed experience for that push. Um, I mean, you can point fingers to, to directly to Martin because that's his responsibility. But, you know, he can absolve some of that through the fact that there is a committee. Yeah. So how are the committee, you know, with six or seven names under each position... And yet we're sat here at the end of January now, like as we record this on Sunday the 30th, the transfer window closes tomorrow. The aggressive behaviour in the transfer market has yielded four players, not aggressive at all. Three of them are young. One of them's on. Uh, one of them's come come to us on loan. Yeah, I mean, good. so yeah. How can like is Kenny asked for these players, or is that just what he's been given? Is he on board with these signings or not? Big question marks. Very good question marks. I mean, we were going to have a bit of a transfer discussion later, but I think you probably just walked directly into it, which is a good point. So, deadline day is tomorrow. Like Paul said, we've got four players in, probably not four that anyone would have chosen, if we're being honest. So, Dan Moss from Mill, a right-back, um, who was at Yeovil earlier in the season, who doesn't, at the moment, he's, at, well, he's on the bench, isn't he? He's not going to be yeah. a starter. I've got Otis Khan, he looks like he's got potential, 26 years old. At yeah. the moment, playing as a right wing back, which isn't his 
position but can do it. He would fit the criteria that you would want to bring in at this point of the season, an experienced league player. League one ready player? Possibly, in the right system. Yeah, Drury's out for me on that one. Although he's looked good in the last two games, but the team have looked very bad in those two games. Ethan Coleman and Jordan Brown, who I think, like we've said, could be good players, but was it the right time to bring them in? In January, when you're really looking to climb up the table into playoffs, to literally get Jordan Brown, who I think has played one game this season, one game over three years from Derby County, and that yeah. was at Salford. And especially as we're in a recovery situation where we've not played, hadn't played in a yeah. few weeks, and so other teams have played, we've lost that momentum. It's almost like we've had a pre-season again. Yeah, it's very, it's very true. And Ethan Coleman, who again, high hopes for, but was this the right time to bring him in, in January, and throw him right mm-hmm. into the deep end, start him on his debut... Away to Mansfield from Kings Lynn, who I believe are 20th in the National League. Yeah. It's not like you're even getting someone who's who's in the t- around the top of the table at the National League. So four signings there. None of them have got me, but none of them have got me quote buzzing mm-hmm. to to get yeah. down and see them. I, I think also, is it fair on the players to put them in this kind of position? Absolutely. You yeah. know, they're young, they're inexperienced. This is their first real taste of um, first team professional football in many cases. All right, um, Dan had been playing at Yeovil, but by the same token, is it fair that they're put into this pressure situation when they're so young and inexperienced? It could have the complete opposite effect of them if they're not of, you know, char- strong characters and strong personalities. And if your senior pros are going quiet and they're lacking confidence, that's not exactly a good breeding ground for younger players either. Yeah, I agree. So, for him, Dylan Day. Tomorrow evening, yeah. I don't think we're going to see a manic Monday, the likes of what we saw about five years ago under different ownership, where I think Alex Chizak came in on deadline day, I think a few other players came in on deadline day, I think you might see one, maybe, maybe two, two at tops, I've got no idea, last week we were very confident in what we put out in terms of even Coleman and Jordan Brown, names we've been banded around and who we were 100% on, this week we have got, I certainly have no idea of who they're talking to, who they're looking at. Who they're likely to bring in, God knows. Any, no. Anything coming from you, bearded legend? No, no, I'm I'm as completely devoid of things as uh, information as, as anyone else. It's an interesting one because the division's seen quite a lot of turnaround and quite a lot of teams have strengthened. Well, you've got players who have dropped down into League Two from League One, like Mansfield, or another club who, who bought Atkins in from Berlin. Scunthorpe have done business. Swindon have bought in a, a striker from Villa on loan. Walsall have signed and left back from United. Bogle gone to Hartlepool. There's some talent coming down into this league. Akindi. Akindi gone to Colchester, who will come on to Colchester a bit later. I think it's probably fate that he's going to score his first Colchester goal. No doubt. At our ground. So no doubt. There's a lot of players moving around. No one to get us excited, yeah. I think, as it stands. which is Not to say that any of those players would come to us. That's not the point that we're trying to make here, just to avoid anybody tweeting and going, man, you should be saying this and not saying that. This is The whole point is that there is experienced league professional players out there who are looking for, for moves. Arguably, my view is that, and I agree with what Molly Folly said and a couple of others have said, is that we should be going for this experience to help yank us back up the table because at the, at the, at the moment... We haven't got that, and, and we look scared and devoid of ideas. I think, I think you made a good point for about Nigel's quote, aggressive quote, because you hear that, and I think the club tweeted about it, or BBC London tweeted about it, and you hear that, you're like, okay, well, let's see who they get in. Everyone gets pumped, and then nothing happens, unless there's going to be a massive shift tomorrow, and I can't see it. I don't think our board 
or our club are reactive to panic by tomorrow. And I think at this point in the day, we won't see many many come in. No, but, but, I, but I feel a like... A couple, I think, at most. But they need to be good quality. I, we need a clay replacement. The two, It's not fair on Ethan Brown, Ethan and Jordan to, to put that responsibility of having them hike us up the lead. It's not fair on them. We need a couple of experience... Like Riley, he needs to come back and he needs to play superbly. We need another one in case he's not fit and ready to come back in. I think we're good for defence. I think we've got cover there. We've, we've Dan Happy, we've Adam Thompson as, as them two on the bench. You've got Moss and you've got Wood. Like I can't seem to judge anyone at the moment because nobody's doing very well. So I don't think it's fair to pick out individuals and say, well, Wood's being rubbish and this one's being... Because everyone as a collective is being rubbish. So that's, that speaks to me as a there's a confidence thing. There's a lack of personality in the dressing room to, to go, right, clap your hands, let's go. Come on, forget that, let's move on again. And just to be that talismanic player like the good characters that we had in the 13-14 season with your Lisbys and your Cox and your Nathan um, Clark. Clarks right those types of players the good eggs in, in, in the group so I'm sure there are good eggs I'm not saying there aren't but it doesn't seem that we've got that group morale quite quite right in the dressing room at the moment so th- there's a lot that needs to change I think there's a good team in that squad I just think it needs yeah. to be found. I think, there's seen a, it. I think there's a good team, but I do it's think only in seven games though. I do think that transfer committee have not delivered on what mm. on what they set out to do. Inadvertently, we are not. I wouldn't say we're that much stronger than what we were on the first of Jan. And I think you know, we said don't panic. We said keep calm. It's only a week into the transfer window. We had that. It's only two weeks into yeah. the transfer. We said Tom James was injured early December. The first thing they should have done is go and pinpoint yeah. a couple right backs or right wing backs. And go for it early, Jan. Sort it out. Get someone in the club. Tap them up. But then we didn't see Dan Moss until what the third week of Jan, and that's a nineteen-year-old, twenty-year-old right back who's fallen into the club's laps. He wasn't on no list. He wasn't on the list being watched. They, they, I reckon they went to Millwall and said, "Who you got? Anyone you got? To, similar to Mitchell? Who you got?" And they went, "We got a kid who's doing not bad in National League at Yeovil. We wouldn't mind him playing in League Two. You fancy taking him? Yeah, okay. We'd call him, get him back out there. Yeah. He went on no list. He no. Thought, I don't think he was on my list anyway. I might be doing him a disservice. Otis Khan, free transfer. Jordan Brown. Was he on the list? If if Probably. that if that's the list of central midfielders, if he's one of the seven that we're looking at, then I'd, I'd say that list needs to be looked at again. And again, I don't I don't want to slag off Jordan Brown because he's played two games for the club. But if they if if the list if the list of it's players all around the country mm. and Jordan Brown's one of your if Jordan Brown and Ethan Coleman are make it two that's seven on your list, then who are the other five? <laughs> that's a question that I'd want to ask because that 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 ain't an inspiring committee get me and Levy on in this committee we'll show you how to do it boys so yeah I would say you know I think you're right I think we need a midfielder I also think we potentially need another left back because we don't have a left wing back at the club Connor Wood isn't a left wing back and Theo Archibald's not a left wing back they just play. They just play. You get thrown in there and do all right there. And if we do get a left wing back, then we, <laughs> then, then you've got Theo Archibald up the further up exactly. the pitch where he needs exactly. to Exactly. No yeah. one. We haven't got. Yeah, we haven't got a left yeah. wing back, and yet he plays it. So very interesting time. Slightly off piece. We were going to do it later, but I felt that your views led nicely into that. Fair enough. That's near, that's eight minutes worth of transfer chat. Yeah, my views. Go on. Mine are really short and sweet. Actually, same pattern. Starting to get a little concerned, although you can say the big piece of luck wasn't on that. The two big pieces of luck when we needed didn't go for us. Yeah. Barry's handball, that yeah. if that doesn't get given, it's a different half-time team tool. Mm-hmm. And Drynan's two efforts to hit the woodwork. If one of those goes in, especially the first one in the 74th minute, then we've got 20 minutes 
at a goal down and with the initiative back to get back into it. So I think the two key areas of that game or the two key uh, factors in that game went against us, mm. which is what we say when Mansfield are doing well and it's going their way, luck's in. When you're not getting the results, us. luck's out. So yeah. I do think we were unlucky, but saying that, we didn't create enough chances or defend well enough. But I'm definitely not jack it out though. Like I know I get why people are saying jack it out at this moment in time. There is no, there's no one betting a jacket at the moment out there to get. If they sack jacket tomorrow, which I don't think they will do, I'm pretty certain they won't do. Like, who is there out there? Like, mm. who would you go for? Like, yeah, big question to raise. Yeah, I, I don't think they would, but but at the same time, jacket certainly does need to buck up his ideas a bit because, like I said, square pegs, round holes, it's not working for us. So, hopefully, you know, hopefully changes that formation. Harry Smith. Who I love, I think he he fits Orient or it fits him. Yeah, but if it ain't working, sub him. He's not, you know, irreplaceable. He's not irreplaceable. Yeah. So, lots and lots to be worked on on that training ground. So, time for your views again. Lots and lots Loads. of feedback. Very I've, emotive, but we've very had to good. These. Yeah, we oh, have yeah. had to feel. There was a lot of people very angry after this. Apologies to anyone whose tweets haven't made it into the podcast. John W nine nine nine. So, Mitchell on happier side. Can't think of anyone who had a vaguely decent game. Confidence has collapsed and the quality of the squad seems to be declining rather than improving. Desperate stuff today. Yeah, better later never said, well, that's a hat-trick of dire losses. Jesus, that was very, very poor. How we how we are missing James and yeah, Clay. Yeah, Dirk Turk. Happy birthday for tomorrow, Dirk Turk. It's the same yeah. old story. Kenny's been given a dodgy hand with an imbalanced squad, injuries and a break over Christmas none of us wanted, but Kenny is not learning, not changing things and the players have lost all confidence and look out of their feet. Yeah, Trousers Techno said, simply not good enough. Little creativity from midfield, very few chances created. Where has it all gone wrong? It's difficult to see where the next goal or victory is coming from. I did not expect us to be 15th with only seven wins at this stage of the season. Something's got to change. Very good tweet there, Trousers Techno. Goal 931, who was very, very pro-Kenny. So if you don't allow the manager to have control and have a transfer committee doing the business, the club won't progress. I wonder if Sutton... Forest Green, Mansfield, have transfer committees. He's very anti-Martin Ning. He is. But the point about transfer committees is is one that you go, okay, yeah, fine. And then if... I'm surprised more has been made of Bolton, who last season had a director of football, yep. canned him off, Correct. and as soon as they canned him off, surprise, surprise, go on this massive run and get promoted out of yeah. the league. I'm surprised more, more people don't make more of the Bolton scenario. Yeah, it has been mentioned. <laughs> it has been mentioned. I've seen it be mentioned. Simon Bernstein said, three wins in 17, no goals scored in five games, one win away all season, no change of formation. Jacket is a dinosaur, I'm afraid. Yeah, good point from our friend Simon. LOFC 1881 said, Madness to call for Kenny Jacket's head. The ball just have to be realistic with their goals. Otherwise, the fans and club are on different pages. Keep hounding managers out is not the answer. Mm. However, our recruitment is shocking. There's a lot to, di- to dissect from that, but their general points are really, really good. Les LK52 said, Not there, but by all accounts, a shocker. Questions have to be asked about our activity in the transfer window and... Why we need a transfer committee when most clubs, this is the sole job of the manager. Playoffs, at this moment, I'm more worried about relegation. Yeah, it's like you said, it'd be interesting to see that WhatsApp board group. Or yeah, one between Kenny it. and Martin going, oh, great news, I've signed you this player, Martin. Great, how old is he? 20. Oh. How many games has he played? None. Yeah, cheers, Martin. Sorry, what? Yeah, smiley face and Mike on thumbs up. Yeah, thumbs yeah. up, yeah. <laughs> Martin has left the group. <laughs> Uh, the occasional one said, watch the game, and when you've got Mansfield commentators saying, we are inept, 
devoid of ideas, very poor, clueless, naive, then we are in a hell of a lot of trouble. Yeah, David Sears 3 said, staying up is now the priority. We've become a really bad side in the space of a few weeks. Predictable, boring, no shots on target again and becoming a real occurring thing. Theme: Sign up with two kids with no football league experience and they're expected to get us promoted. Don't make me laugh. Good point, David. That's Duda. So we can't use any excuses. Simply not good enough. We were second best for everything. Really worried that we've not scored a goal the whole of January. A few people were saying, what's the goal in a month going to be like? Because there aren't any, yeah. I messaged, because our mate from school, Dave, I said like, I hope you get a pro rata refund. (laughs) (laughs) Finished this week by saying, Mansfield didn't even look like they tried. They felt well too comfortable for them. 12 points behind. Wow. Yeah, Bailey underscore Tiz said, Tiz said, Ling and the transfer committee need to take accountability as some of these players are just not good enough. Give Jacket two or three more games, but he needs to change the system. Yeah, Charlie underscore Paul, our sponsor, one of our sponsors, social media sponsor, said, pathetic and have an awful performance. We have a mid-table squad. What worries me is that none of our signings are any better than what we've had before. Mm. That That is now on point. the head. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Campbell in because we needed a right wing back. Despite the fact he's not one by trade. We need to be very active before Monday night. Great tweet, Charlie. Philip Wicello said, The last time Orient had a worse away win record at this point in the season, Motorola launched the StarTac, the world's first clamshell flip <laughs> mobile phone. Um... Yeah, I think for the younger listeners that you won't understand that, but just Google Startac, S-T-A-R-T-A-C, you'll see what he means. John Major was our Prime Minister and Spaceman by Babylon Zoo was number one in the singles chart. Great tweet. Orion Fan TV said, yeah, another dire performance. How much longer are we going to put up with this before Jacket Out chants start ringing around the grounds? Feel sorry for the fans who pay their money week in, week out to watch this dross. Main focus now. It's to avoid relegation, it seems. Sort Trio said, tried to stay positive, but not only second best in all areas, but also looked like they couldn't care less. First touch was poor all round. Passing was awful. Movement non-existent. Can't blame the conditions as M- as Mansfield coped, especially against the wind. Wonder what's gone wrong. Yeah, so I think that's a $64,000 question, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Both Paul. teams had to play in the same yeah, environment. Yeah, exactly, so. yeah. Paul underscore LT2P said, it became obvious pretty quickly there's going to be at least a two-year project, but getting players from lower leagues is going to take much longer. We still need another striker. Alan Reeves too said, it's insane persisting with the same tactics that haven't produced a goal for five games. Once again, we have decent attacking options being wasted by tactics used. Season over, as uh, season over, so may as well entertain now and lose 4-3 every week. Richard J. Bourne said, midfield is poor. You lose your workhorse and clay and you bring in two rookie replacements. Smith... Has the skill, but be honest, when he does play, how many goals and assists has he got? That's a good point, yeah. Mm-hmm. Until we get an experienced midfielder, we'll keep dropping down the league and hope two teams are worse than us. I think that experienced midfielder is probably sitting there in Riley, who's taken up a big chunk of the wage bill, but who hasn't played all season. Yeah. Rayleigh Dave said, Kenny Jacket, just as stubborn as Ross Embleton, refusing to change a formation that's not working, and the same formation at that. We have made no progress at all, hoping Oldham and Scunthorpe don't start winning. Yeah, Eaton underscore rifles was scathing. Said not a single shot on target, 12 points off the playoffs, 26 points from top. Not sure what's happened at the O's, but right now we are going backwards. And as for that transfer committee, 
hashtag ling out. Or an electric said, never looked interested. Where was the fight? Where was the reaction in the second half of the season? Starting to look very similar to last season. Yeah, absolutely. As Emma Sorian said, really thought when we appointed Kenny, things would change at our football club. We have retracted big time. We are toothless in the current transfer market, toothless on the pitch. Manager and director of football totally to blame for this car crash. Abysmal. Shocking. Ross McCaff said, think we can officially stick a fork in the season now, sadly. We need to go on an outrageous run to trouble the playoffs. Not quite on the jacket out train, but serious questions need to be asked. No goal in five games tells its own story. Wilco 300 said, Mansfield were hungry than us all game. They looked like a team full of confidence and belief in what they were doing. We looked like what we are, a team full of kids needing some guidance. I must say, like, if... I don't listen to other football club podcasts. I think Mansfield probably saying the same things about two or three months ago. They were like 19th club from what it seemed couldn't get them together. But he's done something at that club where I don't know if he's changed formation or, so, or so whatever. But it's completely turned around. So football can change quickly, as we've seen. Yeah. You know, Jackie was the man two months ago, and now it's very quickly turned against him. Ron Sampson, 15, said, Where do I begin? Poor recruitment has cost us. That's down to Ling. We've brought in youngsters instead of experienced pros from higher leagues. Players are just not good enough, plus confidence is through the floor at the moment. Both Jacket and Ling need to go, to be honest. Len Chin Chin wants a poor effort from a strange experiment. Drynan on the bench. Harry Smith, hardly seen all game, but did manage a booking. Captain Beckles had a terrible game, but managed to give them several corners, one of which resulted in a goal. I think it's time for Kenny to admit, no playoffs this year. Walsh underscore 451 said promotion pushes over. Ten points off the playoffs is too much now. Being done in the bat in the being done in by the lack of matches, not to let the players or management off, it's still not good enough. Paul Ravens thirty nine. So reminiscent of Embleton this time last year. Poor recruitment and poor tactical setup. I don't know why the board didn't look at Bolton getting rid of the director of football role last year and follow suit. Ling's role in recruitment is not required in the slightest. He and Kenny need to go. There you go. I am underscore MO said Jacket is one of these managers, these many managers that have been round the block too many times. Their brand of football is dated. Orient need a younger manager with a new philosophy and fresh ideas. When I watch Orient, I have no clue what the system or the tactics are other than hoofing. Vince Howard, 73, he was there yesterday. So look better when we changed to 4-3-3, but damage was done. Harry Smith needs to be dropped as is offering nothing. Very odd subs. Young for Smith, trying to fuss it to you when Smith was worse. Mm. Miller President said, We have a squad capable of playing attacking football with four goals scored in games in December, but that was a performance that lacked energy and ambition. Tactically inept, Jacket should be getting far more from that squad. Looking down now rather than up. Yeah, safe hand zero zero. said, My main problem with three centre backs is that we don't have a left wing back. We've mentioned that as well. And so Archibald plays there. He's probably our best player. He definitely is one of our best players and should be on the left up front, million percent. Smith, Drynan, Archibald is a decent front three and a 4 3 3. We'd win more games like that. We need to attack more. Yeah, Anthony 5 3 5 6 1 9 8 6 said Mansfield are a good side and the 5,500 home fans, particularly those up in the corner of the main stand, made a great atmosphere. They will go up. We aren't a bad team, but the players are clearly struggling. To have an outside chance of the top seven, something has to change. Yeah, Neil Sanson said today it was always going to be tough, regardless of our form. Has the board and owners' enthusiasm for promotion within three years at each step clouded some fans' judgment? Fans seem more impatient than ever. League 2 is a 46-game slog to get out of. Fine margins between a dozen league places. Yeah, Boatsy gets the penultimate word this week. He said, all we ever ask for is a team that tries. 
If the team tries and we lose, then fair enough. But today and recent games, the players seem to not be playing for the shirt or jacket. No plan B, and Jacket's stubbornness to change has cost us a chance of success this season. Typical Orient. Now, I could have ended up on that one, because I think that's a really fair point. As long as they try their best, yeah. just not seeing that. We've said that so I many times we've said that many before. times on the pod. Yeah, final word in this bumper episode goes to Veggie Jones. She says, we need to suck up this season and give Kenny Jacket more time to build. He has a proven track record, which is what people were crying out for last season. But by sacking Ross Embleton and Joby last season... An expectation level of nothing less than the playoffs has been set. Some mammoth, some great, some great talking points on this week's tweets. If you agree or disagree with any in particular, let us know. You can tweet us at Orient Outlook, or you can email us at Orient Outlook at Outlook dot com, or on uh, Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast, and on Instagram as well at Orient underscore Outlook underscore Podcast. Absolutely. So um, let's. Us now move on to the Carol Langley Florist Prediction League update. And wow, well done to Liam NUFC98 uh, at Wadsey, at Dan Orton2590, at Orient It Is, at O's Fan Basing, at Wilco300, at Bcross95, Mr. JG Essex, Wings Mad, Tommy Atkinson6, Jason Kilby. Dan McIntyre, <laughs> Rob MCC sixty eight, who you who all correctly predicted the results and the outcome of that match, and actually one person actually correctly predicted the Mansfield player to score as well. But I don't think we're giving points for away no. teams on that one. So that means then, <laughs> Steve, what's the top of the prediction? So eighteen like? points, Nino underscore Barone. Sixteen points, Leighton Orient Parksy eighteen eighty one. Fourteen points, Tommy Atkinson six and Wadsey. And 13 points after taking a maximum six points this week. Dan Alton, 2590. So it's getting a bit more clustered up there, a bit more going on. So thank you to everyone who sends us their predictions. So Sunday, the 30th of January, the day as we record, the ladies were in league action. They're at home to South London Women's Reserves. And they, despite going 1-0 down at half-time, they went on to win the game 2-1 thanks to an equaliser from Casey Manley and a winner from Zamina Malik who produced a death finish to win the points for the O's. Well done to the ladies. Yeah, well done, ladies. Good to see the ladies and the youth uh, team pulling it in there. So, it is deadline day tomorrow. We've already had conversations about that. So, let's move on then to wrap this up then. Fancy football. There is obviously no um, uh, Premier League at the moment. I think that's the international winter break at the moment, I think. So... The updated table from last week, Jack Merritt is still top. He's on 1,535 points. James Durkin is second on 1,493. Steve's done very well, up to 177th out of 315 players. So good luck to everybody there. Yeah, thanks to everyone who played. So positives and negatives of the week. So I'll do the positives. We've got, despite being a rubbish week, we've still got three positives. Always looking on the bright side. First of all, Theo Archibald's back. He will be a massive player for the Ozzy season. Hopefully he can stay injury-free and lead us up front. He's back second positive. Ethan Coleman and Jordan Brown making their debuts. They've very tough games to be thrown into. Yeah. Very young. Hopefully they have successful careers at the Orient. Lots of criticism about their signings, but they're at the club now, so we hope we get the best out of them. And despite two defeats this week, goal difference still plus 13, which crazy, in a crazy world could end up being uh, something... That, that ranks in our favour 
best yeah. of any team around us in the league better than most teams in the playoff areas at plus 13 yeah. so never say never so three positives there but we do have four negatives Mr Levy yeah we do I'm just looking at the league table at the moment the only team the only team to, to have a better goal difference than us are top of the table Forest Green Rovers so that just tells you exactly, exactly how, yeah. how well we've done. So, negatives this. We've got a few performances against Newport, performance against Mansfield. Um, another negative, obviously the two losses uh, in a week. Um, we've not scored this year at all. So we've played four games all in a row. We had Stoke away, yeah. Port Vale home, Newport at home, yeah. Mansfield away. away. So only four games, however, you're right. But... Still, yeah. we haven't scored this year. And in our last game of 2021, we lost to Tramier 1-0. So but we, before games. that, we'd beaten Swindon 4 No, it, before that, it was Crawley, oh, Crawley defeat where Glenn Morris scored, scored the own goal. goal. So we haven't scored since six then. Six games, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and the last... Um, uh, negative is the injury list keeps growing now with Paul Smith back on it um, and uh, Shadow yeah big losses so yeah hopefully they won't be out for too long yeah so that was positives and negatives Carol Langley Florist hero of the week after two defeats in a week I think we would have been foolish to put this one onto Twitter from a playing angle there was no player who we could really nominate so we decided our heroes of the week this week would be be the 381 fans who made that trip to Mansfield. So well done to everyone who made that trip to Mansfield, you brave souls, and you know credit yeah. to everyone who made. And also, journey. just to throw it out there as well, we could argue that the ladies and the youth team who both won their games, yeah. and especially the ladies who came from behind, behind to, to to win their games. So it's not all doom and gloom around the club. It's just the men's first team. So next week we've got two fixtures. We've got a busy week coming up. Tuesday the first of Feb, as you all know, we're travelling up to Bradford. They're eleventh in League Two. They lost 2-1 at home to Crawley on Saturday. They've won two, drawn one and lost two of their last five games. Then next Saturday, the 5th of February, we're back at home as we face Colchester United, who drew one all at home to Swindon on Saturday. And they had two players red-carded, so hopefully they'll be without them next week. They're currently 22nd in League Two. They have a new management team who have been fairly active in the transfer market. As we mentioned earlier, John Akindi, probably the standout signing for them. Um, they've won one, drawn one, and lost three of their last five games with the win and the draw coming since their new management team have taken over in the last two games. So, new manager bounce. Yeah, playing, not surprised. playing those teams at the wrong times. So, like, yeah. playing Mansfield at the wrong time, possibly playing Colchester yeah. at the wrong time, but you've got to play them. So, sponsorship reminder then, before we bring this one to a close, don't forget, for the best plastering and rendering prices around, visit AGF Plastering. They're on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they're on the interweb, they're on the internet, <laughs> <laughs> and you can find Adam on Big Ads, LOFC, on Twitter. So, for any plastering and rendering needs, go and give those guys... A follow. So that is it, Mr. Levy. That is it. Thank you very much for joining <laughs> us for episode 272. What a terribly disappointing week it's been for the O's. Two losses, two poor performances with two young and inexperienced midfielders brought in that has left many O's fans scratching their heads. It's pivotal. It's a pivotal week coming up for the Orient with two tough fixtures and transfer deadline day. And if the O's can get two wins and a few new experienced faces... In the squad, the mood amongst fans could be very different this time next week. Or, if there are further losses and similar performances to the ones we've seen recently, the mood could be very much the same or worse. Whatever happens, though, we're going to be here next week 
talking you through all the goings on at the club and hopefully it won't be a 95 minute podcast for you. <laughs> there are two games though and we covered those games very quickly actually. So if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe, give our podcast a five-star rating and review. You can do the same now on Spotify. So if you're listening on Spotify, go to rate the show option and give us a five-star rating on there. And if you're not on those formats or platforms, go to TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere as your favourites. And that way you'll get the podcast as soon as they are uploaded. We are on all smart speakers. We are on FanHub. So there's many, many different ways for you to listen to our podcast. (laughs) If you have an older relative, a loved one, or an orient chum who you think will like the podcast, grab their phone download it for them, shout our names into those speakers and get those podcasts playing. So we'll be back with episode 273 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need. So we look forward to hearing from you and as always, keep calm, stay safe, have a great week and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.